Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Scottish Watches podcast. I've been looking forward to this one because we are joined by a watch power couple. Someone who... Are you feeling a bit spaced a out? A bit spaced out. Uh, someone who has already oh. featured in a very large publication, which which we won't mention because why would we mention Hodinkee? <laughs> and... But as well as that, we're also we're also joined by a mythical character, apparently from Game of Thrones. <laughs> goes goes by the name of Arthur, uh, Arthur Pendragon, I believe. So I uh, <laughs> that is yeah, actually uh, the middle name. Yep, it is. Yes, we, we were we were warned in advance. So, <laughs> but that was just to get the own. You, Stephanie's just getting her own back in advance for all the stuff that you've told us that she doesn't know you've told us it's that we will use against her. Oh, but it's nice you let the English on the show. <laughs> Yeah, playing us <laughs> off each other already, I see. Absolutely. Well, you know, we thought we would... F- we, we, we hunted wide and far for a, a married couple. You are married, aren't you? You're not living in sin. Yeah, actually, yesterday was our sixth anniversary, so yeah. Was it? Very good. Congratulations. Well, congrats. Congratulations. Uh, so we thought, where can we find two people that both like watches that are a couple and let's get them on a podcast because, you know... There are no podcasts really. It's a, a, a new thing to get a, a married couple yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> so there we go. We, we decided to do that. So I have been trolling, stalking Stephanie for a while because she's into space stuff and I'm into space stuff. And Stephanie is the person that helped us when I was recently on my holidays in Florida uh, to coordinate myself well enough to actually see a rocket being launched. I'm so now, glad you got to see a, a launch. I think it's the best. It everybody, everybody should see a launch at some point. It's it was fantastic. It was pretty epic. The only problem was that because the launch was supposed to happen on the Monday, but actually happened on the Tuesday, somebody had obviously booked a private party at the Saturn V launch venue for the Tuesday. Uh, so everybody had to clear out of there and go back to the main. So you were slightly further away, uh, but it was absolutely fine. It was, yeah, it was it's, phenomenal. it's great. Uh, it was good. But as I am aware, we, because I found this out, you work in the space industry, but we're not really allowed to speak about who you work for. It's it's like a secret. So we... Th- well, we call it Company I X. I thought we could maybe call it Company X because that's the kind of thing that mm-hmm. you say. Or Daniel Wellington, company maybe. Is. Dan- Daniel Wellington <laughs> Company X. Really is da- she listens to the Daniel show. Daniel Wellington of the space industry. <laughs> oh, controversial. Controversial. <laughs> there was me thinking that was Blue Horizons. <laughs> anyway, I, so there we go. So, yes, welcome, because they're not really welcomed you properly, Stephanie and Arthur Thank to the you show. Thank you for having You're us. joining us. Thanks, yeah. You're more than welcome. You are joining us, as you say, a day after your wedding anniversary and on your holidays. We are. What That's more true. do we want to do on our holidays than talk about watches sitting in opposite rooms in the corners of our house? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like six years of marriage has treated you well. <laughs> yes. There we go. So uh, you're in Florida for holidays. That's not where you're based. No, we both live in Washington, D.C., just outside the city um, and have been there for a while. So we're... We're Virginia, born and raised, but we come down to Florida quite a bit. I come down for launches, and then um, we like hanging out at the beach here, and then uh, just a couple hours north. It's it's nice, so it's a uh, it's a good week to to take some time off and um, you know just do the same things that we always do of send Instagram watch things back and forth to each other. So, but in a different location. <laughs> <laughs> 
And w- tell, explain us how you both got into into watches. Were you both into this before you got together, or was this a hobby that grew collectively? And talk to us about the one-upmanship uh, of being a yes. couple that both own watches. Well it, well, it did sort of grow together, really. I mean, you, Stephanie, you can talk about how sort of it started, but... Um... No, it started with me, and you, <laughs> you tagged on later. I think I got you into it, but... Um, no, I got Arthur a watch for our wedding. Um, cause I thought that seemed fair. I got all these diamonds. I thought he should, I thought he should get a watch. Um, and then I wanted to get one for my 30th birthday and kind of delved into, um, the rabbit hole of research and ended up getting a Cartier tank and then Arthur wanted something and then back, it's been back and forth. And so I don't think we're quite one-to-one. I tend to buy watches a little bit more often than he does, but, um, yeah, no, it's a fun, it's a fun collective hobby. We're not very good at sharing, though. Um, no. Ah. Oh, well, I- it's funny you should mention that, isn't it, Arthur? Yeah, that's one of the <laughs> things we talked about. It's, uh, it's out of fear for my watch. I hesitate to share. Uh, Arthur has a theory, Ricky, which is uh-huh. vaguely related to the theory of women reversing cars into car parking spaces, I believe. It's something to do with spatial, spatial awareness. Spatial awareness. So go, it's, and that's a relevant theme today, yeah, isn't it? Yes, awareness of space. <laughs> it's, so, it, so do tell us. I think it has to do with, you know, men growing up, you know, as kids, we're not usually wearing bracelets or anything on our wrists other than a watch, really. Um, but, you know, women from an earlier age will be, wear bracelets and they get used to having things around their wrists. So they're, And so then they're not so spatially aware of what's going on with their wrists and you know, for me, whenever I've got a watch on my left wrist, it's like there's a little bubble around it. You know, if I like rest my arm on the table, I've, I've got this sort of like awareness of ah, the clasp is, you know, half an inch from the table and this table's made of poured concrete and I can't make those two things <laughs> touch. <laughs> but with, with Stephanie, I've observed some uh, different habits around that. I think Different it's habits. It's a like, very nice it, way of putting it. I see my watches <laughs> to hell. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen that. Cartier tank bracelet get dragged across an <laughs> abrasive surface. And... Now, are we talking scrapes and scuffs or are we talking blunt force trauma? <laughs> scrapes and scuffs. Yeah, scrapes and scuffs, but like he has. Right. Here's one to look into ceramics. <laughs> Probably would be good. That's what you're Hard to for. find in smaller watches. Yeah. But he, Arthur has a Speedmaster that I love and would love to wear. And I think I've been allowed to wear it one day. And even at the end of that day, it was like <laughs> in the office. I had a blazer on, so it was covered most of the day. And at the end of the day, he still said he found a new scratch. So I have to get my own Speedmaster <laughs> if I want it. Um, but I wear my watches everywhere. Well, while we've got you guys talking, just so people can maybe have a, an idea of some of the things that you post, do you want to give us a note of your Instagram handle so people can listen and also we look through your Instagram page at the same time? So my, my Instagram, handle is tick tick vroom it's uh tick underscore tick underscore vroom v-r-o-o-m and it comes from well my combined interest in watches but also cars so i think watches have probably been the more popular subject matter on the channel but um the other hobby that drains all of our money and causes us to eat mostly ramen noodles is cars (laughs) so (laughs) i like to cover both with my uh with my instagram that's good, because I'm bored of talking about tractors. <laughs> yeah, Ar- Arthur's yeah. got the same VW Porsche that you've got. Has he got a Beetle as He's well? He's got a Beetle as well. Yeah. <laughs> good. We shall talk about good. that shortly. And Stephanie, what's um, your account? I'm, she watches the world 
uh, no spaces, no underscores. Um, but I travel a lot, so I have some travel pictures, usually watches in interesting places. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun to have a, a watch Instagram and get to meet a lot of people and have some new watch conversations. So feel free to have a scroll through there. Good stuff. Cool, yes, I saw you. Right, Rick, you can carry on now, but Okay, I, I saw, Stephanie, that you'd done a, a kind of, was it five or six image review of your Cartier tank on your Instagram account? The other day, this this is obviously a, a thing you're trying to get to take off. It's very good. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I kind of like doing this mini format. I'm just messing around with it, but yeah, um, I tend to scroll through Instagram a ton, and occasionally I'll click through to other people's reviews. I like to see the in-depth stuff, but um, for kind of just a quick scroll through, I didn't really see anybody doing this format of reviews. And so, you know, my thought on this is I'd like for it to take me less than half an hour or so to put these together. And it's um, all watches that either I have or have tried on or Arthur let me borrow for a hot second. Um, Just but I'm enough gonna, to take the phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to get a hang of it with watches I have. And then, you know, going through meetups and stuff, I'd like to start doing more. So um, yeah, I'd love to know what people think of it. And if, if there are suggestions for other watches I should do or different formats to try, I'd be open for that. But it's kind of a fun way to really think in depth about the watches I have and, um, you know, what I like about them and what they're useful for. Um, and hopefully it, it, it's helpful because a lot of the watches that we've bought um, haven't always found uh, exactly reviews that I'm looking for. And Arthur and I tend to be very like, in-depth researchers on everything. So um, kind of the more and more information that's out there, the, you know, the better it is for us to, to have before pulling the trigger on a watch. And within the, so you're in the space industry. Yep. Uh, what watches do you see other people wearing or are folk just all wearing iWatches? There are a lot of iWatches, which is kind of a shame, but I, I do see a ton of Speedmasters at work. Um, that's probably the most prevalent. Um, but a lot of people just don't wear watches, which is kind of a shame, though when you do see the occasional, when you do see a Speedmaster, um, then it's fun to strike up a conversation with uh, with folks. Um, I, actually, I guess I, I do see a lot of GMTs too, um, which is fun. Coworker co has a Batman, which is great. He loves it, wears it all the time. Um, yeah. Nice watch. Yeah, nice exactly. Watch. You have good taste. Um, and then I've gotten a couple of girlfriends at work uh, interested in watches. So um, one got a Longines, one got a Cartier, and I think one is about to get a First Omega in space. So, you know, slowly getting the uh, the ladies in the office to get, get, get into watches too. And so, Arthur, do you see folk wearing Breitlings all around the aerospace <laughs> industry? It's funny you should mention it. I, I, I will say I do see Breitlings amongst the aviation crowd, probably more than any other watch brand consistently. The unfortunate part is they're not often the classic Navitimer. I really love the uh, the reverse Panda, you know, classic Navitimer, whether it's the Cosmonaut or, the, or not, but often it'll, it'll be the blingy Breitlings with the really chunky polished bezels and the, you know, you can spot them across a room because of the, you're blinded, but they're just not my favorite. So you do see, you know, that sort of penchant for mechanical watches and watches with aviation connection, but uh, not as much variety as I'd hope. I haven't yet seen a, a Zin pilot watch uh, around, and I would, I, I'd love to see that. So we will get on to talk about Zin because they are in the news this week, but before we go further, what are you both actually wearing? Ah. Right now, let's see, I've since we're at the beach, I have my uh, Omega Seamaster Planet Ocean. This is the... Ooh, like early 2010s 
matte uh-huh. ceramic bezel one, and I've got it on uh, the OEM rubber uh, strap that Omega makes, which is great for is the that beach. The, is that the forty-four ish mil with the yeah. helium escapement? It's the uh, yeah, it's the big boy. It's the forty-five cool. and a half, which actually the forty-five and a half. Really? Just it was it on paper seems like it would wear absurdly large, but something about these Planet Oceans, they wear a bit more reasonably, and especially on the rubber strap, it it works for me. And did you take it off before swimming in the ocean this week? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it has been in the ocean in the past, but uh, not this trip. <laughs> it's a really good thing you have that helium escape valve. You know, I know. It comes in use. Yes, at one atmosphere. Yes. <laughs> Hel- helium escape valves were covered this week in... in uh, what podcast was it, Ricky? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, it was covered in another podcast. <laughs> and I, I thought it was going to go into lots of details, but can I just, uh, for everybody out there that doesn't really get the whole helium escape valve, can I make one thing crystal clear? Helium escape valves are not used when the watch is wet. That's right. Okay? Yes. All, <laughs> so you do not, uh, you need to go away and read about it, but you use helium escape valves in a diving bell situation where it's pressurised. Okay, because it squeezes all the helium and all the rest of it, or if you're living deep underwater so that you don't have to do all the going up and down to the surface. You know, you've got a big job to do, so you stay down for five days, they put you down in a diving bell and they get you all pressurised so you don't have the big changes that take four, five, six hours to do if you're coming up from great depths. So just to be clear, helium escapement valves have nothing to do with being in water. Because the review I heard of it earlier in the week, it, it, while I understood that's what they meant, that I think is the main issue, is that's not what helium escapement valves are for. But you can go away and read that, because it's actually quite interesting. A lot of physics and chemistry in it. But there we go. So Stephanie, what are you wearing? Um, I am wearing an Orient rainbow disc that I bought off of eBay a few weeks ago. Um, uh, Was this your drunk purchase? uh, I did have a couple glasses of wine and then went on eBay and and bought this. But a a woman had messaged me asking to... She was looking for a summer, fun, colorful watch and needed something that was a little bit waterproof and wanted some color in it and something fun that she could wear all the time. And so I went going researching for her. Um, She ended up getting a G-Shock, which was perfect. Um, But I found this one and I thought that Orient only made the rainbow disc in like 42 millimeters or it was pretty big in a black dial. But Mm -hmm. I found this one, um, I guess they only made it in Japan and it's 33 millimeters and it's just really fun and silly. Um, I kind of forgot I ordered it and then it came two or three weeks later and I just, <laughs> I just love it. It's great. It has a, you know, uh, clear case back. You can see the movement. Um, it runs great. I've been, uh, tracking how well it runs and been really surprised by it. So it's just a fun summer watch. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I tend to buy, you know, a range of, of high-end watches and then I'll get, you know, $100, $200 ones here or there for, for fun and, and to be a little silly. Arthur doesn't really tend to do those those kinds of things, but I've been quite happy with this. It just wears really well and a pleasant surprise. A good vacation watch. The cool feature, it's a little hard to describe, is there's like a colored wheel underneath the center of the watch and the hour hand isn't really a hand as much as it is a disc with a cutout of an arrow. So as that moves around, the color you see through that disc changes. So it's it's quite a, a fun, yeah, it's, it's uh, neat. playful thing. 10 o'clock is orange, 11 o'clock is yellow, 1 o'clock is green. It's it's pretty fun. Right, Ricky, what are you wearing? It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so you better be fully dressed. 
I am. I've been out and about and been doing things. Yes, things. Today. So very nondescript things. <laughs> yeah, stuff and things was being done today. Uh-huh. So today I decided that I would wear the Batman. Oh, right, okay. So those. So, so those stuff and things uh, that we're doing required you to show off. <laughs> no. It involved me to have something on me that I could exchange for cash if I was in trouble. <laughs> if so, you need to get out of jail no, quickly. I'm kidding on. Oh, okay. I'm kidding on. I wasn't in Glasgow. somewhere else <laughs> No, I decided that uh, the, the problem is, and you guys will probably have this problem as well, when you've got a collection of watches, it doesn't matter, the, like you've mentioned there, it doesn't matter the cost, if it's an expensive piece or a cool piece, it's picking what you want to wear on a particular day and it becomes harder and harder the more pieces that you've got. It's true. So today I thought I would wear this. I mean, I could have could have lied and said I was wearing the Speedmaster because moon stuff and space stuff, but I didn't. I thought to tell the truth. So uh, yes, the Batman is on the wrist today. Sorry, Adrian, you're not getting it. I, I've decided to go down the Einstein route, so I'm getting rid of all of my watches and replacing them all just with black panerais, so that I, 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 there's just like a drawer of panerais because they all look the same already. And I just pick one, so it's the same. So suit seven suits all exactly identical, and seven identical panerais. Not even the same one wearing seven days. Seven identical ones. <laughs> so you just have to check the serial number to make sure you've rotated yeah, exactly. really appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So yes, no prizes for guessing what I'm wearing. So let's get on to some news. And obviously, there's some news, Stephanie, that you may be about to push the button on buying something. I am. Now, I was advi- I was advised that Catlin from Ten and media from that evil evil watch channel has been tempting you into buying things like Planet Oceans and Cartier's when I am told that really what you want is a first Omega in space. So what's on the list? Well, I do really want a first Omega in space. That's been on the list for quite a while, but mm-hmm. I want to buy that watch when I hit a big milestone at work um, oh, right, and okay. kind of reward myself with that and have a mm-hmm. space-themed mm-hmm. watch for a space-themed accomplishment. Um, but I, I have been tempted by the Planet Ocean. She has that beautiful white surround ceramic planet ocean that's fantastic and we were um watch shopping last weekend you know torturing some poor jeweler um into letting (laughs) us try a bunch of watches and tried on the the newer um uh, the newer white planet ocean and it's just it's fantastic it's a great watch um i didn't think i would like it as much as i did on the wrist so i was pretty tempted by that um Mm But it's like the 39.5 yeah. or something, but it fit. I mean, it like fit I said, great. I think they wear it a little smaller and it looked good on you. Yeah, um, I liked it, but that's not what I'm getting. Um, last weekend, we were out watch shopping for Arthur because his birthday is coming up. Um, we can talk about what he's been thinking about. But of course, naturally, uh-huh. I found a watch that I wanted um, and I'm likely to buy that <laughs> before he buys his birthday watch. Um, but I am thinking about getting, I, th- I think I'm going to do it today, a uh, Cartier Santos, the 1978. So it's a, Arthur, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like 29 millimeters um, yeah, square. Cool. automatic um two-tone uh-huh. but i just loved the reissue of the santos and we've tried on some of the newer ones um and they're fantastic yes. they're great but i didn't i had never seen one of the older ones and the price point is great for these it wears really well on my wrist um probably uh-huh. too small for men's wrists most men's wrists these days but um it's it's great they run fantastic and i found a good deal on one so i think as soon as we're done recording i'll probably go um 
pay somebody cool. for that one. I'm really excited about it. Is that one you've seen in a sh- you've seen it in a shop or online? I uh, saw it online first, went and tried it on, um, and it yeah. I I kind of wish I didn't love it as much as I did. I should be saving up towards the first Omega in space, but I am getting <laughs> sidetracked, which tends to happen. Yeah, Our- this is what happened. I mean, last year I think- on the on the Hodinkee podcast, you were talking about first Omega in space, first Omega in space, and <laughs> these uh, these distractions are dangerous. I know you're much more focused than I am. <laughs> but I think uh, sidetrack tra- side was exactly the word that Arthur used when he emailed me <laughs> uh, to tell me this. It's exactly a quotation getting sidetracked. Yes. But there yeah. we go. I mean, this Santos so, is beautiful, and the, the amazing thing, I mean, this is the, from, I guess, when they first sort of revived the Santos in the late 70s, this model ran through, I think, through the 80s, and was mm-hmm. probably, it is kind of an 80s-looking thing, especially in the two-tone, but I, we were both pretty surprised at the deals you can get on those, so I'm glad we're going to secure this one before the podcast airs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, do you, do you have a mental note, Arthur, then, that if Stephanie's just spent X on her watch, that means that you can click your budget up a little bit you know so if she keeps on is it in your interest for her to continually get sidetracked because all it does is it allows you to add money to the watch that you're focusing on it goes yeah. from being a, it goes from being a basic steel daytona to being you know the the one with diamonds on it or something the rainbow the <laughs> daytona the upgraded that's not so much my taste but yeah you're right it it kind of goes both ways i mean it gives me more justification to go buy something of my own but the reality is you know we have a, a shared uh, set of funds here so the more <laughs> sidetrack purchases she makes along the way the less money there is left for me to buy things too so i do keep but it must, up, it must upselling me though like you say you want something basic and then you know oh it's just another five hundred dollars for this or just a little bit more for this and that's how we've got that's how we got the car we ended up getting but um, yeah. <laughs> what car have you got? Well, we've got wow. we've got two, I guess. So maybe we can kind of go into this. So the upsell happened in for the longest time. I've wanted a a mid engine car, and I started looking at the Porsche Cayman, and then I was like, oh well, I drove the base Cayman and the, the S, and of course the extra power and capability and performance. Oh, I really like that. And then I'm like, oh, let's start looking at the for the right S. I want it manual. I want the sport suspension and th- these options. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I can really only find that if I go with the GTS so that's where I ended up <laughs> probably what one is that is that 981 yeah, the, the the lat well we who knows if it's really the last but the most recent naturally aspirated GTS mm-hmm. yeah and the sound it makes is just unbeatable. I mean, I know the new turbo ones are objectively faster and everything, but the sound... Uh, it's not the same. It's just not no, the same. No, it's really not. And it makes me, like, cackle no. like a, I don't know, like a witch or, like, or giggle like a child <laughs> when I drive that thing. I mean, just the... Arthur will go find all the tunnels in Virginia and make a route of just going under the tunnels to be able to hear the car really well and go back and forth and back and forth. Yes. And, yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. We are going to get on like a... <laughs> <laughs> Good. Do you know what we're talking about here, Rick? This isn't well, Lamborghini not, tractors I, I, or anything. I, I, have they got four-wheel drive? They, no. Have they got limited slip diffs? Yes. yes. Have, they, have, have, they, <laughs> have they got three-foot tyres <laughs> that you fit that you fill with water for extra grip? No. The, not that I'm aware <laughs> of. Well, it's no. no use to me. Something's then. gone it's wrong if they're filled with water. If, it, if it's not got a three-point hitch, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> and then Stephanie's... Well, I've got an interesting question okay. for you guys. Now, you're obviously quite clever because before we started recording the podcast, we go through our checklist of things and 
Stephanie piped up with an idea to check something if it was going to work or not that we hadn't thought of. So well done. So we've got a very important question that we need to ask you because you've got a lot of brain Why cells. Why do I get a feeling this is going to be at my expense? <laughs> it's it's not going to be at your expense. Oh, okay. So what would you say the word would be for the plural of Lego? <laughs> it's just Lego. It's, it's like Lego. sheep. It's oh genius! You don't you don't say sheep's. It's Lego. I, I mean, <gasps> man, these guys are amazing. These guys, we need this, to get them on every week. Like, this best podcast ever. This is it. This yes. is it. This is this is the pinnacle. We've that's it, Ricky. We've officially completed podcasting. Damn. <laughs> we found. Okay, we found them. So we will find the two Americans uh, that know how to do this properly. We also right. hold our knives so, and forks yes. properly too. Ah, so, you see, you, well, you are our though, people. You are our kind of people. <laughs> my dad's British and my mom's American, so I don't know uh, who to believe on this knife and fork thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this leads me to a question because obviously this has been going backwards and forwards. I've actually got an email from someone that works for Lego who listens mm. to the show who said, no, under no circumstances is it anything other than Lego. But I'll maybe read that later on. I'm really digging the fact that we've got two of the brainiest people we've ever had oh. in the podcast and we're asking them some really stupid <laughs> questions. I mean, we can upgrade it to different theories of quantum mechanics, Ricky, if you would like to get into that. <laughs> and we can find out whether we can find out, you know, what, 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 whether whether Stephanie is more of a Heisenberg woman or not. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to go down that route, but I fear we will lose you somewhere in the process. Wouldn't want that to happen. <laughs> We can put a cat. Well, oh, oh, we, fine. Can... we can start talking about quantum cryptography and things like that if you wish. But oh, have you, okay. you've been giggling again, have you? <laughs> no, I know a little bit. Don't you worry. Okay. Well, well why don't we talk about watches? Because yes. that's what we're yeah, really yeah, into. So you were talking about uh, a new Zen watch, Rick. Yes. So this week has been the launch of a couple of limited editions because Omega have led the way <laughs> in a limited edition every lunchtime. So both <laughs> Zodiac and Revolution Watch in partnership with Sin have both launched limited editions. One of them has already sold out, but the first one out of the door that was announced was the limited edition Zodiac, uh, which we trailed maybe two podcasts ago. We Somebody had hinted mm-hmm. that this thing existed and we found them posting a picture of it, which was then quickly removed, but we'd already... Did they remove yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the, the picture was nowhere to be seen when I went back to the account to do the show notes. So it was really, Ooh. really quite peculiar. So anyway, so it was the... What's been launched then is the Zodiac Astrographic Limited Edition. I think it's 138 of each, one in silver and blue and one in gold uh, coloration. I don't know I don't know how the gold... It's 182 pieces, sorry. I don't know how the gold's done. It's not PVD, it's whatever they do to coat these things to make them look like gold, whatever G-Shock do it probably. Uh, they're about... Ion coating. Is that what it is? Ion coating. They're about $1,000. The blue and silver has already sold out and I suspect the gold's not far behind. But these watches are launched in tribute, maybe not tribute, anticipation possibly of a Mars visit because the second hand is a red dot because these watches are also mystery hands. You need to go and look at them mm-hmm. uh, to really understand what a mystery hand is. But basically, rather than it being hands that rotate around the central pinion, it's two bits of crystal that rotate and painted on those hands. A bit similar to, kind of similar sort of idea to the Orient that Stephanie was talking about. Uh, it gives the impression that these hands are floating. So very cool. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen these? I'm looking at them right now. This yeah. is it's, this is really cool. The blue one is pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, very nice. Yeah, and I'm gonna do my best. I think Jack Forrester, when we did that, when we went up to the to New York for the Hodinkee podcast, he's written a book actually about the history of Cartier. And uh-huh. to do my best impression of him, calling back to they used to make these like clocks to go on your mantelpiece that they call I think mystery clocks, where they had yes. the hands on these like crystal mm-hmm. discs, so it looked like the hands were floating. So it's funny to see, mm-hmm. you know, something that started back with maybe Cartier and on your mantelpiece and much fancier time show up in a in a cool zodiac for your wrist. I think they've still got a lot of those clocks around because when I've been over it, it was either SAHH or Basel, maybe an SAHH. They had a lot of these newer edition clocks where you couldn't see how the hell anything worked. It was like you could see through most of the, the clock. Everything was hidden really no, well. It's magic. It's the pin dragon. Magic, name. is that what it is? <laughs> magic. <laughs> I do think this is really cool to see some focus on Mars, too, of not just a, I mean, it is a 50th anniversary celebration of moon landing, like, that has been done and done and done, and I'm the biggest space geek there is, and I feel like, okay, let's let's move on and to have some focus on, like, what's next, and a little inspiration, and I think just that little red dot is, I, I think that's fun, of something to, like, look ahead and forward to instead of just thinking about the, the good old glory days, so, um I think it's cool. I should have gotten one of these. Yeah, they are very cool. Uh, it is a throwback to an original uh, Zodiac mystery hands. Zodiac have done these mystery hands for quite a while. What's interesting about this is that the date is actually at 12 mm-hmm. o'clock. So the date's at the top. The blue is already sold out. But the other interesting thing I noticed is I expected... So I got an email about these from Zodiac, okay? But I can't actually find them now for sale on the Zodiac website. They appear to be being sold via the Wind Up Watch Shop. Hmm. Oh. So I'm not sure what the I'm not sure what the link is. I mean, Wind Up Watch Shop sells Zodiacs, but they appears to be the only place you can actually buy them is via them, as opposed to on Zodiac's site themselves. But again, if hmm. you're a Zodiac AD, you were probably a bit peeved at the. Ba- it would be Basel World release of that uh, Monaco colour one that mm-hmm. sold out in twenty seconds, yeah. uh, and that you you as an AD never got a never got a snifter. Again, these have all sold online, and your AD who's putting all the money and all the work in is seeing nothing. So you know, I, certainly very impressed to see Zodiac doing such great things. Zodiac was almost the first luxury watch I bought. There was a limited edition of seventeen that they did about three years ago. And I almost bought it, but I could only get it via, is it Watch Station? I think it's Watch yeah. Station, which is only in the United States. Here in the UK? There is, right, but okay. uh, they wouldn't, they, no, they, they didn't do them in the UK. Although it's, because it's not, I think it's the same brand, but it's not necessarily the same company. So you couldn't buy, you could buy it from Watch Station in the States, but they wouldn't ship to the UK, even though they appeared to have UK a UK business. Uh, and at the time, mm. I didn't know anybody I trusted over there to ship a watch to. <laughs> I still so, don't know uh, if you have anybody you can trust. <laughs> well, yes, it's probably got worse rather than better, hasn't it? Uh, I better just not send it anywhere south of what uh, south of Tennessee, probably <laughs> state lines. What what states north of Tennessee? Uh, oh. Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then Ohio uh, so, above that. Yeah. So anything south of Ohio, Kentucky border, I probably want to stay away from <laughs> at the moment. 
uh, <laughs> until I sort out my barbecues for my grill, <laughs> uh, or, or until they remove all guns in the United States, whichever happens first. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, so that Zodiac's pretty cool, but the probably bigger news of the week actually was from Revolution. I believe you guys have already seen this one. Yeah. Yeah, this, the it's Sin, the Dark Star. It's just, I believe Kraken is the term that you use. I, I like it a lot. I think it's beautiful. Um, very cool. Uh-huh. Although, I mean, I yeah. know it's historically correct or whatever for it to come on a Bund strap, but I'm... I'm... I'm not a I'm not a bund guy. You know, I love bun bun straps are rocking. I love them. They are brilliant. That's because it's the only thing that can wrap around your <laughs> Need the extra support. I, I love a good bun strap. I'm not sure. Uh, you should just give up and use bungee cord. <laughs> <laughs> so this is to fill everybody in. This is a a limited edition that the Revolution Watch have produced. Uh, they trailed on Friday a person that follows us, and it's a uh, that we speak to a, a guy called Steph, whose Instagram is Stefan underscore Watchick, messaged me to say he'd seen the image, which was all darked out from Revolution. He thought he knew what it was because he's an expert on sin. So we wrote a very quick article between the two of us to try and jump the gun, saying we think this is a sin watch, uh, to which we got a very nice message. I'll not name them just now, and a photograph saying, yeah, good guess, guys, and, and confirmed that we were correct. Uh, and it has appeared then this morning. I think it's, it's a limited edition. I want to say it's a limited edition of 100, but I might be wrong. Does it tell me on this note? Yeah, there's maybe certainly, 100, 150, not, something like that. Yeah, it's that kind of... Uh, 150 pieces, yeah. It's very cool. Uh, yeah, love it. So I no doubt they will sell it. It just quite did. As well. It was it was available this morning and it sold out already. Oh, is it gone? Yeah. Well, well, you see, that was fast. I said to I said to a certain Mister Craniotis that it would sell out while we were recording the podcast, and he was like, "Oh no, no, that only happens to Hudinky." <laughs> so there you go. Adam is already influencing what's going on at Revolution. So Waco should give him an immediate raise uh, because he's they have just made themselves. What are these selling for? Two grand. Markup will be about 35%, so they'll have made... Oh, do the maths. It's far too... I'm too tired to do the maths. You both are engineers. You do the maths. 35%. I've sold 150 of these. How much money have Revolution just made? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let let you do it in Imperial rather than Metric, if you like. (laughs) (laughs) And they deserve it. I mean, it's a a really cool design. And I I mean, to bring something like that back that's not been available for a while and, and, and put their own spin on it with that really cool, glossy black star at around six o'clock yeah. it's really nice it really tasteful is good. so no well done to them congratulations on selling out of that i'm sure it will be many more to come so what then is happening in both of your uh professional lives there's lots going on in both the space and the aviation industry uh what's what's next up of note within the aviation world what oh, are you looking out for? well i mean well there's Mainly what I work on is modernizing air traffic control systems in the U.S. So there's certainly a, a lot going on there and on the ground side. Is that like Die Hard 2? 
<laughs> just like that, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there as planes are moving towards more GPS-based navigation. And, you know, in some ways it feels like a, aspects of aviation are playing catch-up to, um, you know, to other technologies available. But, uh, but you know, you've got to do it safely and make sure you've got the redundancy and reliability that you need for, for air navigation that's a little bit more safety critical. You know, with a, with a car driving down the road, you can always just pull over and stop with a plane in the air. You've got to, uh, you've got to be safe and bring it all the way down. So there's some exciting challenges at that. Uh, so space, it's predicted that we'd be going to Mars within 20 years. That was in 1970. How are we getting on with that project? We're on our way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always, I mean, you know, it's, um, I, uh, I study a lot in like space policy too, particularly in the US, mm-hmm. but, but abroad mm-hmm. as well of, of how countries make decisions about what space projects they're going to invest in and and focus on. And uh, one of the things that can be frustrating in the U.S. is every time a new presidential administration comes in, the focus seems to shift on the destination. Um, but currently, there's a lot of activity of how to have a sustainable presence on the moon. And so a lot of U.S. companies and also the European Space Agency and, and other international space organizations are um, looking really in depth of how to get back to the of how to go to the moon but to stay not just have flags and footprints yeah. but how to have a sustainable presence and um really as a stepping stone for how to 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 go to other planetary destinations um as well mars and and uh, and beyond um so it's exciting to see all of the, the different ideas and proposals that are out there um and hopefully there can be a bit of a a bit of a coordinated effort um but it's it's not a it's not an easy endeavor to to say the least um, and then, you know, kind of in the news on the other side of, of the space business, the, um, there's some interesting uh, work going on on the small launch vehicles. I think just uh, yesterday, yes. um, Rocket Lab launched four, four small satellites. Um, there's a Chinese commercial rocket that, that recently just launched for the first time. So there's, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of money being put into, put into space right now. So um, it, it's great to see so much interest and growth and expansion. But um, I, I, I hope that everyone will continue to stay focused on going to Mars. I think that is the goal that, that should be there and um, keep an eye on that. It, it, it's actually kind of interesting if you go back historically and look at every U.S. president since Kennedy has made some sort of statement saying we will go to back to the moon by X or we'll go to Mars by X. I think George Bush the first <laughs> said we would be on Mars by what? the 90s, 2000, early 2000s. Um, and you know, we just need nations to put, put money behind it and, and stay the course. So how long would it take to get from Earth to Mars? How long does it take from here to the moon and then from here to Mars? What's the difference? Um, from here to the moon is what, a week or so? Um, right. And Earth to Mars, we About say. About a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's like 500 days or something, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Didn't, Stephanie, you had a friend that actually Duh. took part in like the honestly probably the most tedious simulation of this, right? They locked themselves away in a capsule for five hundred days, but they weren't actually going anywhere. Ooh. It was just to test sort of like the psychological effects of it all. Yeah, they were in a um, like a uh, environment set up somewhere in Russia, and it was a group of I believe seven or eight. 
folks. Um, it was called Mars 500, and they did a simulation uh-huh. of a full mission to Mars and back. Um, and like the communications would get delayed over time and they had to carry out a certain number of missions, but they were just together the whole time for 500 days. Um, I have very close friends, but that would be, that would be challenging (laughs) to, um, just be with that group of people for 500 days. That'd be tough. Volunteer to sit in a trailer in Russia for a year and a half. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Jeez. Yeah. And talk watches. Free vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what watch would you wear to Mars? The first, oh, there is a question. So, well, who's going to pay me the most money? I think uh, the first question. Yes. A sellout. <laughs> I like it. Sellout, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But but this is the thing. This is the thing about the Speedmaster and going to the Moon. Now, I appreciate that it was mission approved, but it's not waterproof, and part of the mission was landing in the ocean. I didn't really understand <laughs> why they didn't want a waterproof watch that, you know, was more than 50 metres. So I think the first thing would be a waterproof watch and possibly something with a moon phase on it. Because that was the other thing that I thought was strange. <laughs> why would you not have, why would you not put, I mean, I know the phase wouldn't work because you'd be on the moon seeing the earth. But, it, uh, you know, yeah. you would have thought that it would kind of make a bit of sense emotionally if nothing else right you'd be like standing on the moon you're like oh this is what we look like from the earth that'd be kind of cool yeah yeah i mean constantine constantine chaikin's done this mars watch uh which has an earth time on it and a mars time on it. it's very cool looking which one is this if you google it constantine chaikin he's the guy that makes the joker watch oh, right. yeah. so if you're in front of your computer type quietly because i get a row when i type loudly uh and he's made this watch that has the time on mars so that would be a contender hmm. but the reality is you would just take a rolex <laughs> if you get one it'd be your only chance to get a rolex sports watch you go into the ad and you'd say i'd like a rolex sports watch and then they'd laugh at you and say oh you'll need to join a waiting list of four years and say well, wait a minute i'm going to take this one to mars and they go just come in the back <laughs> uh, no they'll say pick it up when you get back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, be right. yes the waiting yeah. list long enough <laughs> Either that, or a G- either that or a G-Shock. 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 Got be a G-Shock. A red one. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it'd probably be something like the Speedmax Master X33 that the astronauts are using today, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. if it works in but, the vacuum of space, it would probably work on Mars. So, yeah, <laughs> what what watch would you wear to Mars? Probably be a... Well, it would be. It'd be whoever would sponsor me the most money, frankly. Because... <laughs> You're probably not going to get paid that much to go to Mars. It'll all be it'll all be on the add-ons when you get home, oh, yeah. and you're the most famous person in the universe. Right. Uh, well, how about this? But, if if you weren't to be sponsored, and your uh-huh. only objective was well, you got to choose what watch became famous for being the Mars watch. What would you take? Uh, you know, if, if all that mattered was the future influence on the watch market i think i would take seven panerais with me <laughs> so that i could keep one and sell six others <laughs> but the only italian thing ever to go to space <laughs> uh, yeah, no i think i'd probably take an mbnf because if there was any alien life hiding in mars they would sort of recognize that. that that's good kind of right they're like <laughs> yeah. oh you found our technology <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wondered where that went. I wonder if those fluid watches would work in low gravity. The HYTs? Yeah, I wonder what they don't even work on Earth. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I wonder what happens to the pumping system. Yeah, whether it like, becomes hmm. how gravity impacted it is. 
like that or like that Renaissance one with the mineral oil in it that looks all cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yes, yeah. that would be neat. Yeah, a resin swatch. That's resins, not a bad yeah, shout. That's not a bad shout to take. Uh, to take. But the chances are, if it was me, I'd still be wearing the Panerai because <laughs> that would just be the reality of it. Speaking of Panerai, we saw a really cool one last weekend. Arthur, what was that one with that blue, with the dark blue, and the? Uh, it was a one of the new Carbotech. Yeah, well, it was the uh, we saw a Carbotech one, but this was the Luminor submersible yeah. BMG Tech. It's that like yes, and in, in person that like gray tone mm-hmm. to the metal and it had this really cool i don't know if it was ceramic or lacquer or whatever shiny blue dial it was, it was yes. pretty neat i really liked pretty that cool actually technology. where was this was this in florida this no. was up at a, so, a dealer this was a back in maryland home. yeah just All outside right, okay. baltimore yeah because i think i saw i saw that exact watch in uh What's the Disney place in Florida called? The not Disney. Oh, Downtown Disney the, or something. Like di- not Disney, not Downtown Disney. It's uh, Disney Springs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, I think I saw that exact watch in Disney Springs right before they chased me out of the shop <laughs> <laughs> uh, for being dodgy. But uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's a good question as to what watch you would take uh, if you if, if you had the chance to have the watch named after you, like the pool. If, mm. if 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 the watch would become the Steph, yeah, or the pen, the or the pen Ooh. dragon, the pen dragon. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, watch man. would you want it to be? I get I Constantine shaken to make me a Knights of the Round Table watch with some sort of crazy, you know, bezel and rotating things with the uh-huh. with Lancelot and all those buddies. You'll be sketch. <laughs> you'll be sketching it as you speak. You'll give him inspiration. It'll be one of those automaton watches. Like the one that plays cards. Have you seen that one? He's got oh this watch that was GPHG whereby there's a dog and a lady and somebody else playing cards in the background as the watch ticks. Yeah. It's very cool. So there we go. I think it'd be really cool to have a watch that has like Mars solar time and you can also stay on Houston time. Like I'd want to create one that could do that. That would be neat Mechanically? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that's what this Chick and Mars watch does. to do, yeah. So are you guys going to be storming Area 51 soon? <laughs> Other <laughs> side of the country. That's thing to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> take a little trip. Good. Just wanted to check. Yeah. Give, give, give us your best moon, cons- moon landing conspiracy theories. <laughs> I love, like, one of my there- favourite quotes, I think I think it was Buzz Aldrin said, it was like, if you really think there was a conspiracy to land on the moon, then why would why would the Americans have faked it so many times? <laughs> like, if you're going to fake it, just do it once. <laughs> but why, why bother doing it again and again and again? I liked that. That's a very good one. My my favourite one was, well, anti-conspiracy was, if this was all fake, then why didn't the Russians and the Chinese go, they're at it? Yeah, fake it too. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen that really great video of Buzz Aldrin uh, punching a guy in the face? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. About this very issue? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I think we actually linked that in the show notes of one of the previous uh, episodes because we brought it up. Nice. We did. Uh, that is a good one. That guy wound him up. He did well to to hold off punching for so long, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good it was a good crack. I like it's that quite one. a satisfying. And then uh, the next important question for you guys is Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about Star Wars. I I really did enjoy Star Trek: The Next Generation, but I just there's a special place in my heart for Star Wars. Actually, our wedding cake topper when we got married was Han and Leia. We got like action figures <laughs> and put them on top of our cakes. So that was that was about right. the extent of Star Wars we were allowed to have at our wedding um, before our mothers would yell at us. With R two D two as a little ring bear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> 
I promise that was it. Yeah, that was that was all the Star Wars. And <laughs> we seem to have we seem to have entered a bit of a cul-de-sac it here. Is, it <laughs> is. But on the Star Trek front, um, I ride horses, and the horse that I um, am currently leasing, her name is Enterprise um, after Star Trek. Oh, so um, cool. you know, there's a little bit of little bit of Star Trek in there too, for sure. Mm. I, I had forgot I'd forgotten your horse connection. Oh, have you yeah. listened to the episode? Have you listened to the episode with the two of us and Adrian? Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. You understand the whole. You understand the whole horse sheath thing. I do. You know, yes. it's not the most pleasant of tasks to have to do in horse no, care, no. but I'm happy to be uh, uh, leasing a mare right now, and that's oh, right, that's okay. better. Yeah, attached mm, to a lawyer. Doesn't and in doesn't in past, have that problem. Yeah, in the past you've been able to uh, pay other people to take yes. care of that, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. That's always the wisest thing, yeah. in my considerable opinion. Yes. There's any job you want to pay somebody to do, pay them to do that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, cool. we started to talk cars earlier, and I talked about mine, yes. but Stephanie's got something cool too. All right, okay. Yeah, so I have a uh, 1996 911. It's a 993 um kind of the last generation of air cooled yep um it was my dad's and he had it for a long time i actually learned how to drive manual um we don't not all americans learn manual right off so the bat I, can, we, can we can we just stop here a second so not only do you guys both know how to drive manual cars and hold your knife and forks in the right hand and know that there is no such thing as the plural of legos being <laughs> legos or lego whatever are you sure you're not actually just putting on these american accents <laughs> Arthur, well, I, I, yeah, I mean, my dad is British, so I guess I've got that that flavor. But I don't know what Stephanie's <laughs> excuse is. I don't. I don't have one. Spent too much time in Europe, I guess. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So, what color is this car? It's uh, it's midnight blue with a light tan interior. Um, I learned Ooh, how to drive lovely. manual on it, which you know, a father's true test of love is letting <laughs> his teenage daughter learn how to drive manual on it. And Arthur also learned how to drive manual on this car, so um, yes. it will be a very expensive clutch replacement eventually. But we're <laughs> we're, we're good at it now. Um, but it, it's a great car. I have a yeah. question. I have a question. Now we heard a story earlier about you damaging expensive wristwatches. Not knowing about spatial awareness. <laughs> I'm, a, How's the I'm a much better driver than I am a watch wearer, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> okay. Uh, Needed yeah. to check. We um we actually have a lot of fun with our cars. We uh we you know go out for country drives and in, in the back roads of Virginia, which is fun. But we also like to drive an autocross um where you yeah. do you know time trials. And Arthur and I were sharing a car for a long time, sharing the 911. Um, but with a helmet, he's well, he's six three. It's a little little tight for him, and so he ended up getting the getting the Cayman. And now we don't have to share. Um, you can tell we don't have kids or you know other <laughs> <laughs> financial obligations. Do you have an, a, a, I'm living a tent. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Live in a tent, eat ramen noodles, and have a garage worthy of two nicer cars. (laughs) Have you ever raced each other? Um, Yes. ah, Yes. Um, Yes, I mean, when we shared a car, it was truly a fair competition, right? You had same car, same track, times, uh and... um, then th- that was in the earlier days of it a couple of years ago and I would usually win then but then we got the two separate cars and mine should on paper be faster uh-huh. but uh, I have some excuses no but you don't I, I, yes. I beat I beat Arthur <laughs> multiple times in autocross um, and I think for the season I 
placed higher than you did, but you yeah. kept blaming your tires. Um, well, we both got trophies that year, and then the next year only you did, and somehow my trophy from the prior year has been like hidden. It's no longer on the mantelpiece, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> that's true. It's in a corner somewhere. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, you talked about how you bought me a watch for our wedding, but we didn't talk about what that was and then sort of like what came next. That was... Um, a Frederic Constant dress watch. And it was one of the first, I think it was the first one they made with an in-house movement. And I mean, it was a lovely gift and it went beautifully with the tuxedo at our wedding and everything. But I didn't know that much about watches then, but turns out Stephanie had done all this research and figured out she wanted something in a certain budget with an in-house movement. And that sort of delving into the watch forums of the internet sort of cracked open this uh, window of curiosity, I guess. And then from there, you know, a few years later, we were both about to turn 30 and decided to mark that occasion with what we thought would be one watch each to last us the rest of our lives, et cetera, et cetera. Turns out, you know, you do enough research <laughs> that uh, you get a list of five that you'd love, you buy one, and then a couple years later, you buy another and so on and so on. So a very slippery slope. Yes, it was. I mean, it's this is probably a familiar f- story to a lot of people. Just with us, it was kind of doing that together, you know, and we sit around and talk about this stuff a lot. Um which is fun, but probably a little unhealthy. And we, I think, reinforce each other's financial irresponsibility in some of these decisions. So my 30th birthday watch was the uh, this Planet Ocean I'm wearing. And that sort of like kicked off another, uh, you know, but another layer of curiosity and excitement about all this. You know, I, I was trying to decide between the Planet Ocean and the classic Speedmaster then, bought the Planet Ocean, and then the Speedmaster became the next one a few years later, and so on and so forth. But, but I think I bought you a watch in between there, right? Did I get the Nomos before you got the true. Speedmaster? That's true, yeah. The Nomos Club Campus. Really cool, really cool watch. And you managed to get a, a two-pack deal with uh, with one for yourself, of course. Yeah. I, I was in Europe for work, and I had, I was going to surprise Arthur with the Nomos Club Campus, um, the darker dial one. I thought it was great. I love the, the California dial numerals, and seeing it in person was awesome. I was about ready to buy it, and then the dealer, of course, was like, well, you know, there's the smaller one and the white gray dial. Do you want to take a look? And I was like, sure. And then, of course, instantly I wanted it too. I was like, well, maybe it's okay if I get another watch, if I'm getting him another one too. And so um, ended up coming back with, with both of those and got a great deal. Um, but those are fun watches. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I wear that one all the time. I'll even wear it to the barn. Um, the... I finally put it on a bracelet, and that made it much more wearable. Mm. But and I like mine on uh, one of Adrian's Nados, actually. <laughs> Another free plug for Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah it looks They're really great. good on that. Like he that infiltrates green one, every right? show. Like that yeah, green. that's right. There's some green on the dial, and there's kind of a greenish tone to the gray dial itself, and that green strap sort of pulls all that out. Looks fantastic. Yeah, you don't let me borrow that one either. If you had unlimited funds, what would the next watch be that you would go for? Oh, hands down for me, the little Longa one with that guillotte style and rose gold. Um, we tried it on and I tried it on in London. Um, when was that? Over New Year's? It, it's, yep. it's so beautiful and stunning. That would be unlimited budget, no hesitation. I would walk into that store on Bond Street and... Uh, and buy it instantly. And maybe not that original, but they, I did, well, I guess I didn't put it on my wrist, but they did pull out of the case for me to look at in that same trip to the Longa Boutique, the uh, Datagraph Perpetual in Platinum. And if I truly had unlimited funds, that would probably be it for me. Rick, what's the one that you're after? Like, I would 
by a diamond, uh, a, a rainbow bezel detoner. <laughs> we don't wear uh, the question is, would you ever wear it? So I think a watch that I would buy and that I know I would wear that is an expensive watch would be a Zeitwerk. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the one. The Ze- Zeitwerk with the date complication on it just looks super cool. And I think I would wear that over the Panerai. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, I mean, because there's watches like that Crayon watch, which does the which is programmable for sunrise and sunset anywhere in the world or the uh, two movement uh, Vacheron Constantin one the one, that, one? The, yeah. the one that you can put to sleep mm-hmm. they all look super cool would love to own them but if I owned them would I actually wear it probably not but that Zeit work I think I'd I would buy that to and sleep. wear it sorry nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that. <laughs> said I'd love to put you to sleep. Uh, I don't live in Switzerland, so you can't do that. Uh, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you'd have to export uh, me. Well, I would, I would probably go for one of the Richard Mills. Would but you? I don't know which one. Yeah, yeah. that's not a bad choice. Not a bad shout either, actually. I would, I'd upgrade from one of my Invictus. <laughs> do you think you'd take it as trading? Perhaps. I'd like to yeah. trade this it in. For, it would pay for my parking ticket outside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I suspect the champagne glass that they would offer you the would probably be more expensive than the Invicta you tried to pass them in. Oh man, we saw a, an incredible Invicta just uh, last oh, night. It was night awful. <laughs> oh, you could see it across the room. Well, actually, we were out at a bar here in Florida. Um, beautiful evening, you know, sitting outside, and this guy walks in with his girlfriend or wife or whatever, and it was one of these, you know, one of those gigantic things, like the sort uh-huh. of Invicta is designed for someone with well designed for someone with like a 20 inch wrist if such a person existed someone like Catlin <laughs> <laughs> with big hands goes big wrists yeah 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 and you could just see it like 20 feet away I mean it was like gold tone cased chunky you know random buttons and knobs sticking out of the sides and I had knobs sticking over <laughs> In the, uh... You really, you really shouldn't encourage him. Oh. You really shouldn't encourage him. <laughs> Did you get the model number for me? <laughs> No, no. He he did ask me to take a photo of him and his wife, but uh, I almost said no on principle. But <laughs> I will not. I will not be civil to you unless you take the watch off and stamp on it. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I will take your photo, but you have to promise to come with me to a watch store and sort this out for something more reasonable. <laughs> You know, this reminds me of the conversation you guys were having in a recent episode about, oh, do our scratches on a watch, you know, a memory or whatever. And for me, they're mostly bad memories. You know, like I remember a time I didn't do that with my Planet Ocean, walking through the door of a diner in a town in the desert in California, and the bezel went straight into the bricks of the, of the door frame. And... There's no sentimentality about that. <laughs> I remember going in and having a disappointing omelette. Like, that's, that's the memory. <laughs> disappointing omelette. You know? has, exactly. has there ever been such a thing as a non-disappointing omelette? Can omelettes be anything other than disappointing? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Right, well, thank you. Yeah, I suppose toast. you could look at your watch and say, well, there's a memory of when the watch lost $1,000 in value <laughs> and $2,000 in value. That's right, the omelette yeah. was particularly disappointed because it effectively cost you $1,000. <laughs> 
hours. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks for having oh, us. This was right, fun. Uh, thanks for taking time out your holiday and getting up a little bit early yeah. uh, on your holiday in order to speak to us at a semi-civilised collective time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. What time is it over there? Oh, it's actually 11.30 in the morning now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Stephanie and Arthur. Give us your Instagram accounts once more. Sure. I'm at she watches the world. And mine is tick tick vroom, T-I-C-K underscore T-I-C-K underscore V-R-O-O-M. And, and do you regret giving yourself underscores? Yes, now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I came, up, I came up with Stephanie's uh, name. I thought I, she thought it was a little cheesy and punny, but... Uh, that was my work. I appreciate <laughs> so it. That's a good one. Well done. That's good. That's good. Oh, no, that's good. And and I should probably be. I would suggest that you want "We Watches the World" as the title for your forthcoming podcast uh, that you're now going to create because that's just what happens. It does seem to be what happens. Uh, people used to have blogs, people, and now everybody has a podcast. Come on. So, and I think I think I think you guys would be great in a podcast. <laughs> I think between I think between the two cats representing the purely banjo playing, banjo playing yes <laughs> and then you guys are kind of both so male and female but also with a bit of transatlantic and if you do start a podcast just promises to make more than one episode every few months ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well we got we got there in the end so as ever it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye bye say goodbye Stephanie. oh bye sorry <laughs> <laughs> see you later <laughs>